All right. Again, this is uh, Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable here in El Paso, Texas. Thank you for joining us this evening. Today is uh, July 22nd, 2021, and it's 8.27 in the evening now. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. I had to run an errand, uh, but I will... Um, I'm glad I'm back on because uh, I've been I've been missing out on a couple of weeks here, and um, it's good to um, be able to be back and um, be able to just uh, chill out and relax with everybody. Today we're going to talk about um, uh, Ephesians chapter one again. Uh, I was started on it last a uh, couple of weeks ago, and. Um, and so we're going to start on uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And we're going to recap a little bit about what we had last couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to read the whole thing and just go through it real quick in the beginning of the first seven chapters. And then we'll go from 7 through, correction, first seven verses. And then we're going to go from uh, 7 through the final end of the chapter, which is verse 23. And so uh, let's see how it goes. Skip. Uh, Father, let's, let's first pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father God, we pray that uh, that there are people who are here who are listening to me, Father God, uh, even if it's just one, Father. I pray that you, uh, you open their hearts and minds to receive your word today. Take me out the way and that you be the mouth who speaks through me. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So it says here, uh, Paul, and, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, uh, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul, the apostle, who is uh, writing from prison to the people in Ephesus, to the Christians who are in Ephesus. Okay, they're already Christians. Uh, they're, they're a church that he helped establish and stayed there about three years and and build them up. In verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That means we have blessings in the heavenly places. Okay, and we need to be um, looking forward to that, to having having those uh, blessings uh, in our lives. Uh, so we need to be, uh, be cognizant that, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not just be we're not just blessed here, but when we get to heaven, we're gonna be blessed. Amen. And so it says in verse four, just as he chose us from, chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love. And verse five, having predestined us to a adoption as the sons of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And there's a lot of people out there who, you know, this here verse says that we are predestined, right? That we were chosen by Him uh, before the foundations of the world. And uh, there are people who believe that, um, you know, what, what kind of cho uh, chosen are, you know? Does He already know who He's picking? And does He already have a selected people that He's going to pick? Uh, are they going to go to heaven and not me? Uh, why can't I go to heaven? Why wasn't I chosen? So there's there's people who believe that this is uh kind of hard to to understand, and I, I just think that um, uh, God chooses us. He knows the Bible says that we are, he he knew us before we were formed in our in our uh, mother's womb, 
And the thing is, is that every, every one of us is born into this world and we have some knowledge of God. Uh, the scripture says that we have a, a knowledge of God. We are born knowing. And, and uh, as a child, when we grow up, and if we're not explained that at home and we have parents who don't teach us about scriptures and doesn't teach us about God, then we lose out and when we become adults or when we become knowledgeable of right and wrong. Uh, that how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and how we're supposed to live through Christ and for Christ. Amen. Uh, so, you know, it just depends on what you believe. I believe that we are all uh, children of God and, you know, and that we have access, we all have access to the Father. We're just choosing who do we believe and, and how we believe and how do we have that relationship with God. Amen. And so, um, it's, and, and he did that so that we can be adopted. Remember I talked about Abraham back in the day when when he was promised that the whole that he would be a father of many nations. Well, here we are, thousands and thousands of years later, and we are the chosen. We are the uh, we are his uh, seed, you know, we, we all come from Abraham all around the world. <clears throat> And so people have a problem with uh, with predestination and, and adoption, and you know, and adoption is that we're accepted through the blood uh, by the blood of Jesus, accepted into the to the fold of the beloved, into the kingdom of heaven. And when we when we are adopted, right, it's like having your your children, right. If you have children, and if you want to leave them out of your will, you can do that. But with with someone who's adopted. You cannot do that legally. Like they have every right to everything you have. You just cannot uh, throw them aside and say, "Hey, you're not getting anything from my will." It's kind of one of those legal things that it was written back in the time of the Roman Empire. And so, when 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 someone when some child is adopted, uh, they cannot just be thrown out of a will because you feel that they don't deserve anything according to the laws. They have the right to to have an inheritance if you leave one, and if you leave one, you leave one for them. So that's why we are adopted into the kingdom of God, and we inherit this this salvation. We inherit this grace of forgiveness. We inherit uh, the 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 salvation of our life. You know, Jesus came to die on the cross for us, so that we can be able to to live after we die. So that's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son and that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So when we die, we have a place that we're going to go to. And I pray that everyone, you know, knows that, understands that, and knows that we're going to a place that um, that we're all going to be meeting again for those of us who believe and have faith in Jesus and are obedient to the word. That's one thing you have to, you have to kind of make, uh, make up your mind on in your world. If you believe and you have faith, you have to obey the scriptures. In verse seven, it says, uh, excuse me, verse six, it says, uh, "To the praise of the glory of His His grace, by which He made us accepted in the beloved." In verse seven, in Him we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. 
So we are we we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's a that's a common known saying uh, among Christian members and Christian followers followers of Christ that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood had to be shed in order for us to be forgiven. Okay, and it all goes back to the time of Moses when when uh, they were leaving Egypt and one of the last plagues that. Uh, Pharaoh had spoken out of his mouth was that every firstborn of uh, should will be will die, and he brought a curse not only upon himself, but in everyone there in the land. And so when when the uh, when the uh, the angel of death, you can say, came and and started uh, uh, killing every firstborn of a family. Um, Moses had the people who kill a lamb, sacrifice a lamb, and put the blood on the doorposts. And so when the angel of death came by and he saw the blood on the doorpost, he would pass by, he would pass over of that house. And that's how we get Passover. That's how we get Passover. He passed, the, this angel of death passes over the house. So we needed the sacrifice of the lamb in order to to have our uh, the angel of death pass by their house. So in our case, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he was our sacrifice. He was a sacrifice for us and he shed his blood for us so that we would not face death, but we would have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. So, and, uh, so it says here, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Grace is, again, like as we said before, it's unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to go to heaven. The scripture says that we are all sinners. And we have desires of the world and desires of the flesh. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, he redeemed us. And through his blood, he forgave us of our sins. And through his blood... Uh, we, we we have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. In verse eight it says, "Which he made uh, to abound toward which he made to abound towards us in all wind, wind, wisdom and prudence." So it's it's all abound to us. We all receive it. Those who believe, Amen. In verse nine, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to the good pleasure, according to His good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. What was his will? His will is, the mystery is salvation. Accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior and then knowing that we, that we will live forever in the kingdom of God. Amen. In verse 10, uh, that in the dispensation of the fullness of, of the times that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. And in the day, in the last days, when we believe that, uh, I believe that God is going to send back his son, Jesus Christ, and he is coming to save uh, those who believe in him. And we are going to be uh, taken with him into the heavens. Uh, and, uh, and, um, and so that we do not face the wrath of what's going to happen here on earth for those who are left behind. It says in verse 10, 
that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times that he might gather together in one all these all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. In verse 11, in him we also obtain an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of, his, of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Again, there's that predestination, right? It says according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So it's God's will. It's God's will, and he knew he, who he was choosing. And basically, you know, it's kind of like you're sitting at church and and you know that God is talking to you. You hear a minister speaking a good word, uh, talking to your heart, and next thing you know, man, your heart is touched, and you know that, hey, man, God is talking to you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And... um. And we have to we have to know that in our hearts. And sometimes though the world throws a wrench in our lives and we have uh, all these issues and problems and we let the flesh overtake us and, and next thing you know we're not following God. And sometimes that's what happens when the enemy comes in and he he distracts you from reading your Bible. He distracts you from studying the word. He distracts you from having prayer time. He distracts you from uh, your own personal private worship with him. You know, it only takes about 30 minutes to do everything, you know. Some prayer time, a little bit of scripture reading, some worship music, some prayer time. And, and that's all it takes. Just 30 minutes of your day. And um, sometimes, you know, we could find ourselves distracted and, and, not, and not do those things that we should be doing. Amen. Amen. Let's keep on going here. It says in verse 12 uh, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him you also are uh, trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So after you heard the gospel, the gospel news of salvation, which is Christ came as a man, born of a virgin, was crucified on the cross by Pontius Pilate and accused of being a heretic or heresy or blasphemous for blasphemous is for, um, for saying that he was the son of God. And he was crucified on the cross between two thieves. He died and he rose again on the third day. And because you believe in him, you'll have everlasting life, according to John 3.16. And so that's the salvation, knowing that, that he did this for you, that he died for you. That's the, that's the mystery of this, of this faith. That's the mystery of this gospel message. And we trusted that. When you heard it, you trusted. And when you trusted, it means you believed. And you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation. In whom all, in whom all are, 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 are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And it tells us that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. It is seen by some as referring justification, but that term is not used here. And the emphasis is different justification, bringing acceptance. Sealing brings authority. The verse, therefore, may refer to, to whereas the, in Ephesians, 
who uh, had already believed received the fullness of the Holy Spirit after Paul taught and, and ministered to them. So after they taught us, we, you know, that we were ministered to, we heard the gospel, uh, we, they made an altar call, we went up and accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and then we've been ministered to, we've been discipled, and, and that's how we, can, uh, we, uh, we are in the beloved and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In verse 14 it says, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to praise of his glory? In verse 15, therefore I also, after I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for your for you making mention of you in my prayers. So, so here uh, Paul is praying for his for his church. Okay, in verse 17 it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And that's what we desire. We desire to have um, the spirit of wisdom in us so that he can reveal to us the knowledge of him, the knowledge of God, following him. And how do we learn? Because, you know, we can read this Bible, right? Anyone can read the Bible, but, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then uh, somehow uh, the scriptures is not really revealed because you can just read it as a story. But really, when it starts talking to you, you can start reading it and you can start getting into the Word and digging deeper into the Word and you'll see that this Word starts to talk to you. This Word comes alive. The Bible is alive. And these words are alive. This is the Word of God. This is what God spoke into man so that they can write. And when these words are read in spirit and in truth, right? That's how we are to worship, in spirit and in truth. And when we read, in spirit and in truth, we, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the wisdom and knowledge of God. Amen? Amen. In verse uh, 18, it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? What is your calling? Do you know your calling? You know, I was talking to uh, last week to the church, uh, it's a small group in a small Bible study about, you know, we are all called to the ministry. Just because we have pastors and evangelists and uh, prophets or missionaries, things like that, that doesn't mean that there's no place for you in, in the church. Every church has a place for someone to do something. Whether it's being an usher, a worship person, you know, playing on it, playing an instrument or singing, um, being an usher at the door, greeting people as they come in, volunteering in a coffee shop, volunteering with the youth, volunteering with the children's church, children's ministry. Um, if you have a food clo a food closet, giving out food. If you have clothing, giving out clothes to people. All these things need volunteers. We even need volunteers to, you know, uh, cover the desk. Maybe sometimes maybe the secretary or receptionist is out and we need someone to cover the desk to answer the phones and take down notes. And, and you know, if someone's calling the church because they're sick or they need a minister and, you know, we need to be able to keep in contact with people and relate messages. There are so many things that we can do in our church. Amen. 
Amen. So think about that. Wherever you are, if you're listening to this podcast or uh, out there on uh, on Facebook, if you find yourself going to a church and you want to uh, be more involved, just find out areas in your church where you can where you can volunteer at. The churches are always looking for volunteers. And it's the best way to get involved in your church. It's the best way to get involved in your ministry, in the ministry of the church. And maybe you might be even to build your own ministry, like a, a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study or just a group Bible study of men and women coming together. Maybe a singles group or a men's uh, uh, golf team. Uh, you know, there's so many things you can start in your church. Amen. Let's go on. Uh, it says in verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Okay? It says um, here, uh, the spirit of revelation. In this text, Paul says that he prays for people who to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation with the dual objective of, of their knowledge, of their knowing Christ and understanding God's purpose and power in their lives. Such revelation refers to an unveiling of our hearts that we may receive insight into the way God's word is intended to work in our lives. It may be used of, used of teaching or preaching uh, that is especially anointed in helping people who, are, who see the glory of Christ and his purpose and power for them. But in making such a biblical use of the term as it appears here in Ephesians 1, it is wise to understand its alternative and grand use, grander use. The word revelation is used in two ways in the Bible. It is important to distinguish them, not only to avoid confusion in studying the Word of God, but to assure the avoidance of the destructive detour into humanistic ideas and hopeless error. The Holy Scriptures are called the revealed Word of God. The Bible declares that God's law and the prophets are the results of His revealing work, essentially describing the whole, the whole of the Old Testament as revealed in the New Testament. This word is used of writing as well, writings that became part of the, of the closed canon of the Holy Scriptures. <clears throat> Wisdom and understanding, as well as sound practical, uh, practical speech, recommend uh, that today's believer both know and clearly express what is meant when he or she speaks of, re of revelations. The Holy Spirit does indeed give us revelation, as this text teaches, but such prophetic insight into the Word should never be considered as equal to the actual giving of the Holy Scriptures, as helpful as insight into God's word may be, the final, the finality of the whole of the revelation of God's holy word is the only sure ground for building our lives. Okay? So that's what Revelations was talking about, you know, the, the word revelation, that we, that we get revealed the, the word of God, it is, it is revealed to us so that we have understanding and enlightenment. All right? Awesome. In verse 20, it says, Which uh, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. And that's where Christ is today. So let me put 19 and 20 together, okay? 
And, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 24, 21. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. And that completes the chapter 1 of Ephesians. And uh, putting all things under his feet and give him, give him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And, and that's, that's what first chapter uh, of Ephesians is about. It's about, it's about um, Christ being in us all, in the church, in the body of, of Christ. You know, we are all part of the body of Christ. We are all part of the church. Um, we, we know that the mystery of the, the, the is the word of salvation. We know that the gospel is when we hear the word that we trust the word that we understand it and then we uh, we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and we and then we um, we uh, are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and then we find ourselves being involved in our church. You know, studying, getting getting that revelations. Getting that revelation from the Bible, from the scriptures, really digging into it and really digging deep into the Bible. It's not just something that you just read and flip through the pages. Sometimes, you know, I, I use a commentary. I, I use a commentary to, to read. I, I have several commentaries. So sometimes I'll read uh, Ephesians, uh, this chapter, and, I, and I'll go look at a commentary and study it and read it over a couple of times, at least two or three times, so that I really under, get the understanding of what this chapter is talking about. And uh, so Paul is, is talking to, his, to the church in Ephesus, and this is what he has, he has told them, that we are predestined, that we are adopted, that we were uh, redeemed through the blood of the Lamb, which through the blood that Jesus Christ has shed for us for the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His glory, um, that we are, uh, we are, and uh, uh, He has revealed to us the mystery of His will, which is the salvation and preaching of the gospel, uh, that we might become together all as one in in all things in Christ. Um, also, that uh, we trust Him when we heard the, the word of truth, and that uh, having believed, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And and that's what it's all about, brothers and sisters. Uh, that we are. We are chosen. We have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And today we're saved. We are saved. And so, so thank you for, for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, and um, I, I thank you that uh, we got to spend some time today. I know uh, people have been, uh, been asking for me and stuff like that about when am I coming back on. And so here I am. I, I only got... Uh, uh, a few uh, minutes left, but I, I pray that um, uh, no no one's on right now. 
Um, but you know what? Um, that's cool because it, someone will see it on Facebook later on, maybe tomorrow because I know it's a little late. And then also it'll be on my podcast on Bodbean, Bod Bean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And just look for 915 Pastors Roundtable wherever you're doing your podcast and research. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And uh, let's let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Father, for this time and this opportunity to uh, share your word. We thank you, Father, because you are a provider, Jaira. You take care of us and you provide for us, Father God. We thank you for all the things that you are doing in our lives and all the things that you're about to do. We thank you for friends and family. We thank you for our children. We thank you for our church. Pray for our leaders in our church, Father God. We pray for our community, our leaders in our community, at the county and the city, our state. And of course, we pray for our president and the leaders in the Congress and the Senate that you make yourself revealed there in their presence, Father God, wherever you, wherever there are believers, Father, I pray that you manifest yourself to those who don't believe, Father God, through the power of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for your mighty God and giving us this day and opportunity to share your word. Amen. Amen. All right, so we'll see each other next week. And I promise I'll be on time at 7 p.m. And uh, we'll see you then. This is uh, 915 Pastors Roundtable. And my name is Pastor Omar Rivera. God bless you. Take care of yourself and be safe. And love one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.